Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, Lenten Preaching Edition, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church, recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Yes, we'll go. 
I already feel like I've been to church today. 
you. Good afternoon. I'm Paul McLean, Associate Rector of Calvary Episcopal Church in Memphis, and welcome to Calvary's 98th Annual Lenten Preaching Series, our gift to our city and to the world. Friday is Fish Pudding Day at Calvary's famous Waffle Shop, which serves up delicious meals on Wednesday and Fridays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. and Wednesday evenings from 5.15 to 6.15. Orders must be placed 24 hours in advance on Calvary's website, and all proceeds from the Waffle Shop support outreach ministries in Memphis. A reminder, too, that Novel Bookstore, a locally-owned bookstore here in Memphis, has created a page on their website that lists and offers opportunities to purchase books from this year's speakers, either in person or online. It is a delight to welcome our Friends of Music guests, Gavin Wigginson and Yao Ting Ting. Gavin was here a few weeks ago directing the wonderful Lemoyne Owen Gospel Singers. Gavin and Yao, thanks for that beautiful and moving prelude. It is also a pleasure to introduce the Reverend Dr. Judy Fentress Williams. She's a professor of Old Testament at the Virginia Theological Seminary. Judy lives at the intersection of the church and the academy. In addition to her tenured teaching position at Virginia Theological Seminary, she serves as the senior assistant to the pastor for teaching and preaching at the Alfred Street Baptist Church. Judy's published work reflects her interest in a literary approach that highlights the multiple voices in scripture. She recently published a commentary on the Book of Ruth for the Abingdon Old Testament Commentary Series and was a contributor and Old Testament editor for the CEB Women's Bible. In May 2019, Judy delivered a message of challenge and celebration at the ordination of the Bishop of West Tennessee, the Right Reverend Phoebe Rove. As Gavin and Yao lift our hearts up in song and piano, let's take these moments to center our hearts to receive Judy's message. He's got the 
Our scripture lesson comes from Genesis chapter 21, and I'll be reading verses 8 through 21. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham on account of his son. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the boy and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named after you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took up bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar and put it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the skin was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, do not let me look on the death of the child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy. And the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid. For God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come lift up the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew up. He lived in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. 
He lived in the wilderness of Paran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. I'd like to speak to you today on the topic, exiled into the presence of God. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. Come and do only what you can do. We ask that you would open our eyes so that we can see, open our ears so that we can hear, to open our hearts so that we can be transformed. Amen. Our scripture lesson comes to us from Genesis chapter 21, but this story begins in Genesis chapter 12. It's in Genesis 12 that God says to Abraham, go from your land, your birthplace and your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make of you a great nation. From the time God whispered those words into Abraham's ears, Abraham has been beholden to seeing God's promise fulfilled which means that Ishmael was born to a father who desperately needed a son. In fact, Ishmael's entire life takes place under the shadow of God's promise. He's born in chapter 15, but the story is rooted in this anticipation and longing. He was born into a world of his father's expectations, a father who hoped that this could be the one. But the promise of God can be complicated at times. And as it turns out, Ishmael is Abraham's son, but he is not the son of promise. Imagine being defined by what you are not. Son of Abraham, but not the one. You are the placeholder until the other child arrives. This firstborn son of Abraham, arguably the rightful heir. But in the economy of the promise, he is disqualified. You see, in the fine print of what God promises, it must be the son of Abraham and Sarah. So that Ishmael's story in the book of Genesis, Ishmael's life is eclipsed by his baby brother Isaac. And it is in chapter 21 that Isaac is born and weaned. And I imagine it was a great celebration around this child safely received and launched into the world until Sarah sees something. It's not clear exactly what she sees. The text and translation says that she sees Ishmael playing with her son. In the Hebrew, it simply says she saw Ishmael laughing. Now stay with me because remember, Isaac's name means laughter. His name comes from the root for the verb to laugh. That means that what Sarah sees may be simply Ishmael laughing, or it could be Ishmael playing with her son Isaac or teasing Isaac or acting like Isaac or simply breathing in the same space where Isaac is. 
It is not clear what she sees, but she perceives a threat in the person of Ishmael, the firstborn. Perhaps Sarah realizes that things may be complicated when it comes to inheritance. Even though Ishmael is not the child of the promise, that doesn't mean he can't have a share in Abraham's goods. And remember that Abraham and Sarah are older. It may be that the two of them die before Hagar and Ishmael, and Isaac would still be young and outnumbered. So Sarah acts to protect the son of her birth from the son she has through a surrogate. She protects Isaac, and she doesn't want Ishmael to have a share. She doesn't want him to have a greater portion. She doesn't want him to have a lesser portion. She doesn't want him to have anything. And Abraham complies, taking water and bread and giving it to Hagar along with her son, and they are sent into the wilderness. The text says she wanders there until she ran out of water, that she put her son under a bush because she didn't want to see him die, and that she cries. And then the text says God responded to the cries of the boy, and God shows up in the form of an angel who brings a reassuring word of a future and a plan. And then she is able to see a water source so that Hagar and her son are able not just to survive the wilderness, but to live in the wilderness. This is a remarkable story. This story of the birth of Isaac and the exile of Ishmael begins with a wonderful blessing that shows us that sometimes blessings can also result in a crisis within the family system. Think about this. Someone in your family gets a promotion, and that's great, but now they can't pick up the kids. Or you have an opportunity to go to school or to complete that degree. That's a blessing, but now there's homework. Or God blesses you with life and health so that you are able to achieve retirement, and now you don't know what to do. Or perhaps you've been blessed with a baby, and that tiny being has turned the entire household on its end. Blessings can be disruptive. Sarah endures years. No, no Sarah endures decades of agony and shame. She's finally able to exhale because she conceives a child. The child is delivered safely and is healthy. She can exhale. This child survives the first few years in a context where infant mortality is high. And now there is a party and everything seems to be going well until she sees something that brings her a new level of concern. What is it about Ishmael that threatens Sarah in that moment? Whatever it is, Sarah determines there's no longer room, and Ishmael and his mother, the Egyptian slave woman, who has a name, by the way, find themselves in the wilderness again. 
Now we know the wilderness. You don't have to spend more than a few minutes in the Old Testament before you will run, run into it. The wilderness is a wasteland. It's, it's a place of chaos. It's the, the space where your survival is on the line. And it's the place you cross through. It's away from the cultures and the civilizations we've built up. It's, the wilderness is the thing that you go through, but that you want to um, pass through quickly. You're in it, but you want to get out of it. It's kind of like 2020 was for some of us. The wilderness in the Bible is a motif then and now that speaks to the times in our lives when we are unmoored or unhinged or unsettled or unsafe, when our lives make no sense and we don't have the materials to put it back together. And many of us have discovered, as those in the Bible before us, that it is in this wilderness that we can encounter God. Ishmael is exiled from Abraham's house into the presence of God. He and Hagar, his mother, are sent out of a household where they are second-class citizens into a space where they can be autonomous and free. They leave a place where their status may change from day to day to find a spring, a well of water that will sustain them. They encounter in that chaotic space a God who creates a spring in the wilderness, which is why we do not have to be afraid of the wilderness in our lives. Now, stay with me here because there are some of you who have been holding on to circumstances and situations and contexts that do not have enough room for you to live and grow. But you're holding on to what you know because you were so afraid of the unknown wilderness. And I want to invite you today to learn from Abraham and Hagar and Ishmael and Jacob and the Israelites. It is in the wilderness that you will encounter God. This God who has the potential for new life. This God who finds water in the wilderness. This God who gives children to the barren. And in this God, there is enough for all. Now, this sermon may not be for everyone, but it is for the Ishmaels of the world. Firstborn, but second class. Known by your status in a system you did not create. Not Ishmael, but son of the slave woman, not son of Abraham, but the boy that must be dealt with. They never got your name right. P potential heir to the promise, but not if Sarah is around. Ishmael, who's been stepped over, stepped on, misunderstood, and always known by what, her, what your mama did or what your daddy didn't do, and finding yourself in the wilderness away from the only home you knew, only to discover that what God had for you was never in that other place. God's blessings for you, Ishmael, are too big for a system that will not recognize your full humanity 
or your potential or your gifts. And God had to lead you into the wilderness to show you that. This sermon may not be for everyone, but it's for Hagar. Hagar knows about the wilderness. She's been here before. Chapter 15 of the story of Exodus, um, Hagar finds herself in a difficult situation with Abraham and Sarah and runs into the wilderness. So the last time, at that time when things got complicated in her family, when things got too hard, she decided to get out, to run away from a situation where her value was tied to what she could contribute to an oppressive system. In the wilderness is um, the place that Hagar, Hagar, the sojourner, the wanderer goes. Perhaps these two trips into the wilderness tell us that this is a character who knows how to get out of a situation. She knows a way out. She may know a way through. But in this story, perhaps God wants to take what is the wilderness to Hagar as a place of escape and transform it into a safe space that in the wilderness, when Hagar encounters God, she finds shelter and she finds home. This sermon may not be for everyone, but it's for the Sarahs who have been shaped by their own wilderness of lack. Sarah spent so long longing that perhaps she lost her ability to be generous to see the abundance that comes with God's giving. Perhaps she was so anxious about keeping the gift that God had given her, this life in this child Isaac, that she didn't recognize that God's goodness was never intended to stop with her, but that God's goodness is for everyone and that she would only experience the fullness of God's goodness as she learned how to give. It's only in giving that we realize that there is enough for all. So it is in the wilderness that there is this good news, good news for Ishmael. God has a promise and a purpose for you. Good news for Hagar. There is a home for you. Good news for Sarah. There will be enough. Let us pray. Oh God, who calls us into the wilderness, help us to see the well of water. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to receive your goodness and abundance. Amen. Thank you, Judy, for that thoughtful, inspiring, and challenging message. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you always.
Amen. The Calvary Podcast theme music was composed by Spence Bailey. Special thanks to Robin Banks, Director of Communications at Calvary, and Heidi Rupke, Lenten Preaching Series Coordinator. And thanks to you for listening. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.